The people were ignoring God. Ignoring God? Absolutely. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hember. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering the Bible, the 66 books written by the 40 authors over 1,500 years. Today we're reading, and this is fascinating, we are reading in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 35. It's going to be interesting. We'll study in about five minutes. Corey and Ryan are here. Corey? I'm going to be talking about the Lakish letters and what they can tell us about the time of Jeremiah. Ryan? Well, today I'm dealing with a little bit of a conundrum, and it's this. Jeremiah 36 prophesies that King Jehoiakim would have no successor, and yet the books of Kings and Chronicles record that his son, did in fact succeed him. So how can this be reconciled? That's a very good question, and we'll talk about that and more. Janice. Yes, today, your word, God, have I hid in my heart. All right, let's take our Bible guide out, open it up, and let's listen to what God is saying right now. Jeremiah 35, 1-15. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites, speak to them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Then I took Jeazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, his brothers and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites, and I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, above the chamber of Messiah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. Then I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites bowls full of wine and cups, and I said to them, Drink wine. But they said, we will drink no wine, for Jonadab the son of Rechab our father commanded us, saying, You shall drink no wine, you nor your sons forever. You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of these. But all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. Thus, we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he charged us, to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters, nor to build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have vineyard, field, or seed. But we have dwelt in tents, and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. But it came to pass... When Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up into the land that we said, Come, let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwell at Jerusalem. Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction to obey my words, says the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine, are performed. For to this day they drink none and obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you rising early and speaking, 
you did not obey me. I have also sent to you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Turn now everyone from his evil way. Amend your doings and do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your fathers. But you have not inclined your ear, nor obeyed me. Jeremiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 15. Jeremiah chapter 35, 36, and 37 is interesting as we come upon the end of this book today. You know, reading today's scripture makes me think of listening to the Lord. How do we listen to the Lord? Now, people may tell us that they have a word from God for us, but how would we know that it was from him in that situation? Now, this is where knowing your Bible becomes really important. The Bible is a measure for us. It gives us example after example of who God is and what that means and what it looks like. Without knowing God through the medium that he has given us, that would be the Bible. How could we tell if we are being given false messages or if we're being taught a different God or by God? As we know, our feelings can lie to us and situations can be manipulated by people which has happened over and over again here on television. But the words of God, the Bible, they are founded in truth, total truth. The Holy Spirit can help us to hear God's word. He can protect us from lies as we listen to God's truth. In our reading today, the Rechabites had committed themselves to keeping a covenant that their forefathers had agreed to and passed on to them. They were never to drink wine, sow seed, or plant vineyards, or build homes. They were to be nomadic people. So profound was their covenant, that their commitment to it, that God used this covenant and this commitment to send a message to the tribes of failing Judah. Very interesting. Take your Bible guide, turn to today's passage. It's a very good one. As we study it, listen to the Lord Jeremiah 35. Let me pray with you, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would help us, that you would speak to us, that you would show us your truth, teach us your ways. Lord, we want to decide when you're speaking to us and when you're not. Just because somebody says they have a word for us from the Lord, that does not necessarily make it a word from you, but this word is from you. The 66 book by the 40 authors over 1500 years, all with the same theme. Help us to know the difference, Lord, and let, let us hear you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen. Now take your Bible guide and turn to today's passage as we read the 35th chapter of Jeremiah. Let's listen carefully to what the Lord says so that we can take the Bible and apply it to our hearts. Here's what he says in 35 verses 1 through 11, a long read, but the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, go to the house of the Rechabites, speak to them and bring them into the house of the Lord into one of the chambers and give them wine to drink. Well, then I took Jazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, his brother, 
and all of his sons and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanani, or Hannah, the son of Igladiah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, above the chamber of Masai, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. And then I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites bowls full of wine and cups. And I said to them, drink wine. But they said, we will drink no wine for Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us saying, you shall drink no wine, you nor your sons forever. You shall not build a house, sow a seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of these, but all your days you shall dwell in tents that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. Verse 8. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he charged us to drink no wine all the days of our lives. We, our wives, our sons, our daughters, nor build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have a vineyard or a field or a seed. Verse 10. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab our father commanded us. But it came to pass when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came into the land that we said, come, let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwell at Jerusalem. Now, listen carefully. The point one, the Rechabites were living to fulfill their covenant. Judah was not. God's people were not. Now, beloved, our covenant is with Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus Christ, he is our Lord. I often ask people, are you a Christian? And many times people will say to me, yes, I'm a Christian. And I will Follow that question up by saying, have you read the Bible today? Have you listened to the Lord today? Have you done his commandments? Are you progressing your life based on what he told you? It's very interesting because we need to pay attention to this. God is speaking. Now let's go back to Jeremiah 35, 12 to 14. Then came the words of the Lord to Jeremiah and saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Will you not receive instruction to obey my words, says the Lord? I mean, the words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine are performed. For to this day, they drink none and they obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you, Rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. Second point, Jeremiah told the people they were ignoring God. This is not the time to ignore the Lord. We must obey his word. Beloved, this is the time to read the word of God and know it. Because if ever there was a time when we need to know it, now is that time. The time in which we live today. Keep that in mind. Let's go back. 35 verse 15 says, I have also sent you all my servants and my prophets rising up early and sending them saying, turn now everyone from his evil way. 
Amend your doings and do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your fathers. But you have not inclined your ear nor obeyed me. Which brings me to the third point. To obey God, we must incline our ear and listen to him. To obey God, we must incline our ear and listen to him. The only way we will know what the Lord has said is to know and obey his word. The Bible. Have you known it today? The Bible. Have you read it today? That's a really good question. You know, we need to pay attention. And Father, I, I pray today that the people watching, the people would listen. They would hear. Your word lights our soul. It is a light to our path. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. Very important for us to do that, Lord. Help us today. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to. Welcome back to the program. My segment today documents an alleged Bible contradiction that seems to be a pretty big problem because Jeremiah 36 records that King Jehoiakim shall have none to sit upon the throne of David. But both 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles record that his son Jehoiachin did reign after his father died. And the question is, how can this problem be rectified? Let's take a look. Critics of the Bible claim that the scriptures contain many errors and contradictions, and therefore could not be the inspired word of God as it claims. For example, in Jeremiah 36.30, the prophet proclaims that King Jehoiakim shall have none to sit upon the throne of David. Yet both 2 Kings 24.6 and 2 Chronicles 36.9 record that his son Jehoiachin reigned in his place. Is this not a contradiction? In Jeremiah 36, God commands the prophet to write on a scroll all the offenses he has against Israel, against Judah, and against all the nations, and then to read it in the house of the Lord in the hearing of all the people. God was giving his people a chance to turn from their evil ways. However, the king, Jehoiakim, had little regard for the Lord, and so he sliced up the scroll and cast it into the fire. Because of this, God punishes Jehoiakim by removing his family line from the throne of David. Although 2 Kings 24 and 2 Chronicles 36 at first appear to contradict God's sentence against the king, since these passages reveal that his son Jehoiachin did in fact reign upon his father's death, further reading reveals that Jehoiachin only actually reigned for three months. And most likely, since the nation was in a state of unrest, there would have been no official coronation ceremony. As Old Testament scholar Gleason Archer observed, the point of this sentence of doom on Jehoiakim was that he would have no dynasty to succeed him. And this is exactly what happened. Indeed, after only three short months, Jerusalem fell to King Nebuchadnezzar, and Jehoiachin was dragged off to captivity in Babylon, from which he never returned. 
no son or descendant of his was ever permitted to reign as king thereafter on the throne of David. From this it is clear to see that there is absolutely no contradiction here. Okay, so as you can see, with a little bit of research and study, this supposed contradiction is solved. Jehoiachin did replace his father, but only for three short months. And because of the unrest of the nation, he probably didn't even have an official coronation ceremony. And further, after the three months, he was carried off to Babylon, never to return. Just like God said, Jehoiakim's dynasty was removed from the throne of David. It's interesting because if you pay attention to the way the kings are and the fact that all of the kings, as they got near the end, they were it was dancing around a little bit and you got to pay attention to it. But if you do, you see that it's absolutely perfectly true. Yeah, for sure. I mean, God was focused on the dynasties, right? He was. And so that's what you got to keep in mind. Yeah, and it's very interesting as we come into the time we live in now to read the prophecies at the end of Isaiah. Uh, it's just really mm -hmm. something. Isaiah 62 through 66. Anyway, um, let's go back. Corey, what are you doing? All right. So when we get into, you know, the end of Jeremiah, specifically in Jeremiah chapter 34, the prophet um, gives a prophecy to King Zedekiah that's dated for us. And I want to read it to you. It's Jeremiah 34 verses six and seven. It says, then Jeremiah, the prophet told all this to Zedekiah, King of Judah in Jerusalem, while the army of the King of Babylon was fighting against Jerusalem and the other cities of Judah that were still holding out Lachish and Azka. These were the only fortified cities left in Judah. That's a really bad scene, right? So there's only three fortified cities left in all Judah, Lachish, Azka, and Jerusalem. And we know that Azka was a little bit farther out and then Lachish was closer to Jerusalem and then Jerusalem. So the, the, the Babylonian army is on its way. Its ultimate destination is Jerusalem. And we know Lachish specifically uh, is, was a really important fortified city. We see it back in the time period of, of Solomon, who's fortifying it. We saw it back in the days of the prophet Isaiah uh, and Hezekiah. Lachish was destroyed by the Assyrian military and, and, and it, you know, Lachish's fame of being such a strong fortified city and, and a hard to take city prompted the king of Assyria to actually decorate an entire room in his palace with art, with um, scenes that an artist carved into rock of the destruction and the besiegement and the capture of the city of Lachish. So really important and, and interesting city. Now, after that, after the Assyrian invasion, Lachish was rebuilt because remember Hezekiah stays in the land, the line of king goes on. And okay, so archaeologists... Uh, in our day and age have found at the ancient site of Lachish a horde of letters that now it's referred to as either the Lachish Ostraca or the Lachish letters. And these are letters that were written um, with ink on pieces of broken pottery. Now, official uh, 
correspondence of that day. It dates to the time period of Jeremiah and of King Zedekiah. So right where we are in our scripture, official correspondence was sent on papyrus paper normally. Um, and one of the theories of the archaeologist um, Yadin, uh, he believes that these ostraca, these sherds, actually represent uh, rough copies of the letters that would have been put together in and on papyrus and then sent out to the various locations with different messengers, okay? So this series of letters was written by and to the commander of the fortress, all right? And he seems to be defending himself against an accusation of nefarious or perhaps even treasonous character. And remember, this is a time period of war, so people are wary of officials um, defecting, that's the word, defecting to Babylon as they go on, but he ardently defends himself against this. Uh, now, interestingly, the Lachish letters mention that someone named Kaniah, the son of Elnathan, goes to Egypt. So let me read it to you. The commander of the host, Kaniah, son of Elnathan, have come down in order to go into Egypt. This is really interesting because if you remember back in Jeremiah chapter 26, there was an official just called Elnathan who was commissioned by the king to go to Egypt to track down the runaway prophet Uriah. So just really interesting connections there. There's a Kaniah, son of Elnathan, going to Egypt. And in Jeremiah, we have an Elnathan going to Egypt. Now, the Lachish letters also mention a prophet who gave a prophecy uh, to or a message to one of the officials. Let me read a, an English translation of that letter. These are just fragments of letters. So it's not, unfortunately, it's devoid of all of its context, but here it is. And as for the letter of Tobiah, servant of the king, which came to Shalom, son of Jadua, through the prophet, saying, beware, thy servant hath sent it to my Lord. Really interesting. Now, I would say one of the most emotionally moving elements of the Lachish letters brings home for us the fact that Lachish was destroyed shortly after this, because we know the end of this story, don't we? We know that while at this moment in time in Jeremiah 34, Azka was still standing, Lachish was still standing, Jerusalem was still standing, we learn from the Lachish letters that at the time of their writing, Azka had already fallen, and Lachish was now the only city left between the Babylonian military and Jerusalem. And we know, of course, through history in the Bible that eventually Lachish fell as well. The letter says this, And let my Lord know that we are watching for the signals of Lachish according to all the indications which my Lord hath given, for we cannot see Azka. Now, what they're talking about there, the signals, there was a big signal fire, a big beacon that would be lit all the time. Um, and Azkaz had fallen. It was no longer lit. Now, the word translated there as, uh, let my Lord know that we are watching for the signals of Lachish, that word watching can also mean watching over, as in taking care of. So that would mean that the commander of the fortress is saying that he is faithfully guarding the light of Lachish, the beacon, uh, because he knows that his time is near. So he's really going to watch over that light. 
until the city has fallen. So it's a really it's a really interesting letter, and it's a really sobering one because we know that shortly after this, this gentleman more than likely lost his life to the invading. Babylonian, absolutely、military. fascinating. Very、yeah. interesting stuff from history.、Mm-hmm. Excellent, Corey, Janice. Well, and this beacon of light. As you were talking,、um, we're we're reading about the obedient Rechabites here in this、mm-hmm. chapter of、uh, Jeremiah thirty-five, and of course,、uh, you know, Rod's your teaching was talking about the, the Rechabites and how God used them as an example, and really this light as a beacon. You know, when that light goes out, you know that 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 territory, that city, that nation is. Been taken. Has been taken.、Mm-hmm. It's not a good sign. And we, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are the light on a hill. We need to be that reflection, that beacon, in our world in which we live today. We need to be like these Rechabites who paid attention to the instruction that their forefather had given them, and they did, and they lived that out as a testimony in times. Where they were very much tempted to do the opposite of what they needed to do, and they kept it so well that God used them as an example. So I wanted to remind us today, those of us who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, may our lives be a living testimony of our faithfulness to God and His ways. To follow Christ, we need to know and apply His Word in our lives, so that we can be the witnesses as God's children. That God is our Father, and we need to follow His instructions. Psalm nineteen, verse fourteen: Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in Your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. A very good verse for those of us who follow the Lord to keep in our heart. Psalm one nineteen eleven: Your word. Have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you? And those of you that might say, "Well, you know, we don't live by the laws and the rules of the Old Testament." May I remind you, Luke eight verse twenty one, Jesus said, "But he answered and said to them, 'My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it.'" So let's keep the word of God close in our hearts, so that when we come into situations, we know how to act and how to react as our Father in heaven does, and He will help us as we follow Him with all our hearts.
You know, Spotify is a great place where you can get podcasts and Bible Discovery every day is there. Spotify, check it out, look up Bible Discovery and you can get our podcast every single day. Now today we need to pray and Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us today to read your word and help us to really understand it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen.